0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Health Radio. I had a ninja in the studio today. 10th planet black belt mr gabe tuttle head coach of 10th planet austin texas and we talk a lot obviously about jujitsu his journey from kind of being a little bit lost to becoming obsessed with jujitsu turning that into a career and a passion what it's like to roll with joe rogan what it's like to heal from some of his mistakes earlier on in his career and how he's fixing those with body work and an animal-based diet cure curing his autoimmune diseases and now passing on this knowledge as the head coach of 10th planet austin texas coaching students launching kids programs hunting conservation learning how to connect with the land and nature it's a pretty fun topic i think you're going to be jazzed up to maybe look for a jujitsu gym after this one so let's get into the show Welcome back to the show, Radical Health Radio listener. Today, I have Gabe Tuttle in the studio, head coach of 10th Planet Austin, Texas, which is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, no gi. Now, if you've been watching this podcast for a while, you'll have heard me drop the BJJ, the submission wrestling for, uh, you know, a lot because I'm a big fan of this and I want to get people involved in stuff like this. So I'm very excited to talk to you today, Gabe. But some of our Listeners won't really know what BJJ is, what jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah, sure. is. So if if you could explain jiu-jitsu to me like I was a Labrador and simplify it. Like, yeah, what is yeah, jiu-jitsu? Sure.
1: You know, I, I would cons- consider it or, um, you know, relate it um, to wrestling. Um, but whereas wrestling, you know, you're you're kind of grappling for positional dominance. With jiu-jitsu, really, you're, you're wrestling for a submission or you're mm-hmm. grappling for a submission. You know, there's a finish attached to it. But... um you know it is a a sport that is uh, mostly on the ground you know there is a wrestling aspect of course like the the jiu jitsu becomes pretty ineffective if you can't take people down to right. the ground but uh, it's primarily done on the ground so it's a it's a ground fighting sport but uh yeah just you know trying to wrestle for submissions for joint locks chokes etc jiu jitsu has
0: exploded recently i mean i mean not not super recently but it's just it's gaining popularity all the time, you can go to even like middle of nowhere towns in America now, and sometimes find a brown belt or a black belt coach in a class. I'm from a small sleepy town in Cookville, and we have a, a black belt there at 10th Planet School, and he is so legit. And I'm so happy to see jiu jitsu spreading so much. Where was your entryway into jiu jitsu? Where did it start? What's the journey been like? And you're a black belt now. Yep, Take yep. us on the ride.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think jiu jitsu started getting really big. Um, kind of just parallel to MMA getting so mm-hmm. big you know MMA has exploded in the last like 20 years especially which is kind of when I started uh following the sport mm-hmm. it was like early 2000s so that's how I got introduced to jiu-jitsu um initially and then over the years um you know listening to podcasts like Rogan of course is like a big proponent of jiu-jitsu pushes it a lot and you know, uh, Eddie Bravo radio, you mm-hmm. know, back in, back yeah, in yeah. the day when he had his, uh, his podcast. But, um, you know, I've always, um, kind of had an affinity towards grappling, even as like a kid, you know, just kind of a crazy energetic kid, you know, wanting to rough house and wrestle all the time. Um, but really I just got introduced to it through, uh, being a fan of MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I, uh, you know, I just, you know it just made sense to to go check it out you know hearing unanimously good things about what the training did for your like or for you know these people's lives um sparked my curiosity enough to go in and check it out so i think like the first jiu-jitsu class i took was um probably when i was like maybe 18 or 19 me and my uh, older brother joel we went out to a local gym in San Diego. I was I was born and raised in San Diego, so spent a lot of a lot of years out there uh, before I moved out here. But um for whatever reason when I was like 18, 19, you know, I just wasn't in a place in my life, I guess, where it really like took hold of me. And it took me a few years to kind of circle back around to it, you know. So when I was in my early 20s uh, at this point uh, again, you know, I finally kind of circled back around to it, trying to get a little bit more serious about like my health and mm. just like my activities. You know, I I, I didn't have a, a ton of direction when I was like in my early twenties, like out of high school, I was kind of just going to college, going through the the motions, trying to get like a general ed type of associate's degree. I didn't even know what the hell I wanted to do, um, and I, I was just looking for for some kind of activity and like a community as well. So I, I finally circled back around to jujitsu um thankfully being in san diego especially at that time uh that was like one of the meccas of jiu-jitsu uh in the world mm-hmm. socal mm-hmm. you know uh now i think it's actually moved to austin here and yeah. austin is now probably Crazy. what most people would consider the mecca so i've been very lucky throughout my whole jiu-jitsu uh journey and career being around a lot of high level jiu-jitsu um but i went into a uh, kind of a local mma gym down in san diego Uh, I, you know, I always did want to train at a 10th planet, but at the time the, the nearest 10th planet to me was in Vista, which is like way North San Diego. So it was probably like looking at like a, probably a two hour, two and a half hour Uh, commute daily to go train. So I was like, you know what, let me, let me just try to get my feet wet again and just see, see if I'm going to stick with it this time. So I started training at this local MMA gym. I even had intentions of, uh, like doing striking and, and, you know, pursuing MMA a little bit too, but, uh, very quickly, Um, the jujitsu kind of just took, took over Mm -hmm. my, my interest and that's where I was putting my energy and and focus into. Um, and after a few months, uh, you know, I, I had recognized that I was going to do jujitsu for forever. You know, I was, I was, I was already in it. Um, and I also recognized that like the small MMA gym that I was at had kind of a low ceiling, you know, obviously I was not um, thinking about, uh, how I was above, you know, the instruction there and the training partners there, but I could just recognize that, Hey, if I'm going to be in this forever, uh, I think I, I want to be in a school that, that has a higher ceiling where like I, it will take my growth from white to black belt. Um, cause at the time, you know, really the main training partners that I had there at that small school, uh, we, we did have a black belt instructor. Um, but then it was like, I think we had like maybe, two blue belts in there Mm -hmm. and then just a handful of white belts Mm -hmm. so um again san diego being such a a hotbed for jujitsu, again especially at that time i uh i started looking around for for some some other gyms and um i found another mma gym that had a good nogi program with a couple like really high level instructors but um about probably four or five months into training there uh. I saw that this other small little MMA gym was hosting Eddie Bravo for a seminar. Mm. So again, like I mentioned, you know, I've always been interested in 10th planet always resonated a little bit. Um, uh, so I went to that seminar and I had like no idea that there's actually a 10th planet San Diego opening up. So I actually showed up for this seminar just thinking Eddie was doing a random seminar at some random MMA gym. Uh, but when I showed up, you know, I saw Richie Martinez there. Gio Martinez was there and like i had already known who they were just from watching like the early eddie bravo invitationals yeah yeah. uh you know super exciting grapplers you know if if you know i don't know if you've watched them compete much but um, super interesting style right yeah very 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 interesting style but also just super exciting you Mm -hmm. know those guys are always going for the kill never a boring match uh so i had already known who they were and they also they both have a look too especially like richie you know he's got he's got a look you know so i was like oh shit that's richie martinez yeah
2: so
1: um you know come to find out you know after the seminar dude there's a 10 planet san diego opening up like 15 minutes from me Nice. so um i actually did have intentions of doing some cross training i was still going to be at this other mma gym uh like training in the gi a little bit and you know doing some mma over there and then i was just going to do no gi with template san diego but after like a few months probably I had only been training at 10 planet San Diego. I had not even went down to the other gym. So I was like, you know what? This is probably which is where I need to be. Yeah. So I canceled that other membership and, uh, started training like full time, real seriously with, uh, Richie and Gio down in, uh, San Diego. And, um, yeah, man, the rest is, uh, just kind of history. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, I really, you know, early on in my training, uh really realized that 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 this is something i wanted to do forever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so man it just dude it just engulfed my whole life mm-hmm. like right from the beginning as a white belt you know i was like probably i wasn't even a year into my training probably uh-huh. by the time i found richie so
0: i, I liked what you said because a lot of your stories like resonating it's, sim- it's similar to mine in a way you know like you were kind of like a little lost on that purpose and jujitsu can be like became that for you and now look at what you're doing as yeah. a making your living doing it it's a trip and I was doing similar thing. I was training for MMA. I actually ended up competing in MMA for a bunch. And I had the same feeling of I wanted to put myself in the shark tank and go with the big dog. So I flew out to TriStar Canada to train at, Um, you know, with GSP and those guys. I got my butt kicked for a month out there, but came back better. And the one thing that I always loved throughout all of my MMA training was jiu-jitsu, though. I fell in love with it. I think it's you know this human element of chess the 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 almost like philosophy of jujitsu is fascinating and the physicality of it and the roughhousing that you said you craved when you was a boy and just this boisterous like oh we get to fight and then we get to hug afterwards and then we get to bond over it it's so sick but you know my, my path's taken me away from it and then back to it I've, I've always loved jujitsu. one of the things that is kind of commonly accepted in jujitsu, I guess is that it takes about 10 years ish to get a black belt you did it in about Five and a half. So, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. Fast track. <laughs> yeah. What did, what made
1: you special or different? Um, I guess. Man, just, just my obsession. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh it's funny, you know, people sometimes are, are like, oh, dude, you're, you're addicted. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not addicted. I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. You know, and there is, I think, a, a clear difference between being addicted to something and being obsessed with something. And it, uh you know, that, that line sometimes is, is a little bit, you know, fuzzy. But um, yeah, like I said, it just engulfed my whole life. So I was literally training like three, four sessions a day. Oh wow, five days a week, and then training also on the weekends doing open mats and stuff. Um, like for I mean years, years in a row. Um, which I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend to people. <laughs> you know, like there's a uh, you know, like that. My body is suffering for it now. But um, yeah, man, I just. I put the time in, you know, like at the end of the day, it's not really about necessarily the, the time, uh, like the timeline, rather like the years, it's about the hours on the mat. So, whereas, you know, I probably got the 10 years of training in, in in the five and a half, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, just, just being obsessed and completely invested. Uh, and I was like, you know, lucky at the time where I, like, I was just going to school. I didn't have a ton of obligations. I was in my early twenties. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was really able to just purely focus on training. You did know? you see
0: a path pretty early on that, hey, maybe I could do this for a job too?
1: You know, I, I don't want to say that I saw a path, um, but I did know that I wanted to do jiu-jitsu and make jujitsu my life and my career one way or another. Mm-hmm. Pretty early on, I just, I knew if I continued to invest myself, something would, would open up, a, a door would open up for me. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say I even saw the path either. Like I didn't, I didn't have a real clear pathway. I just, you know, put the, the time in and the work in and put the passion into it. And the universe, you know, kind of took care of the rest for me.
0: There's some age old wisdom in that brother. You just keep doing what you love and the rest will kind of figure itself out. Like what's Where's the move then from SoCal, the previous mecca of jiu-jitsu, to now this mecca of jiu-jitsu? For the listener, we've got just a crazy abundance of gyms and big names in the jiu-jitsu space now. Did you come here for that reason? Did it just so happen
1: to coalesce in that way? Yeah, I just got lucky, man. My timing, I just got lucky. Um, so when I when I was in San Diego, um, you know how how I kind of got involved in the in the gym, you know, I was probably a blue belt at the time. I might have been a new purple belt, but um. You know, I was just continuing to invest as much as I could into the gym, serving the community like however I could, as much as I could, uh, really without an expectation. But in doing that, when there was an opportunity in the gym to, you know, start teaching some classes and helping out a little yeah. bit of the front desk and running the gym and operating the gym, uh, you know, these these opportunities kind of just they, they, they came to me because of the position that I kind of put myself in. Um, so I was, you know, obviously lucky to have the opportunities, you know. Uh the the school was actually pretty new, uh, 10 Planet San Diego. Like uh, as I mentioned before, Vista was the closest 10 Planet when I kind of started training jujitsu and that was run by um a dude who's not, not in the system anymore, but Richie and Gio were up there training and they were kind of I would say like like the two kind of main guys yeah. in there and then they had a little squad of guys as well who um we're training with them and loyal to them but when vista kind of dissolved that school dissolved uh that's why richie came down to san diego to open up a spot and then geo stayed up in north county san diego and opened up oceanside so uh the original group that was up there training with those guys were, were all in north county so they kind of they just stayed with geo mm-hmm. so geo had like a good crop of guys that like you know blue and like purple belts and you know guys kind of already coming up that he was uh getting you know high level training with already main training partners but but richie went down to san diego and did not did not really have a a core group of guys with him because they all stayed up north um so he had to kind of rebuild so it was just very good timing on my part to like come in there and there's no one really ahead of me in line necessarily (laughs) it was just like a crop of like you know there are a handful of blue belts there and then uh you know me as like a uh a seasoned white belt (laughs) you know (laughs) um but little by little um you know I kind of I just positioned myself where I was just Richie's dude you know I was always going to you know any open mats with him seminars etc so um you know I was lucky to have the opportunity in San Diego starting to to teach classes and uh you know help operate the gym as well I eventually was managing that gym on top of all of my uh, teaching and stuff like that so it was I was already completely invested and actually you know making making a living doing it nice. helping run that gym but uh you know i got an opportunity to come out here to austin um i moved out here actually i think it was i think i left san diego january 1st of 2020 maybe it was january 2nd but it was like right at the beginning of the year i left came out here uh to help uh curtis Hembroff who's the uh, previous head instructor uh you know founder of the gym he's actually still still out here he um you know is just another you know high level black belt one at one of eddie's black belts uh he actually has kind of a similar story getting into jiu as as myself too but um man he he gave me a great foundation to uh really build on on the school out here and obviously as i mentioned you know he's still involved mm-hmm. he's still teaching classes uh, he's got, he, he's got like two, two little babies right now. Yeah. So he's just, he's, he's busy being a dad, you yeah. know, but, um, but yeah, when, when I came out here, it was, uh, just, uh, to be another black belt kind of for him to, to lean on a yes. little bit and, and I was going to help manage the gym as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, since, since then, you know, things have just continued to have a trajectory upward, but, um, yeah, I just got lucky with my timing. I barely beat COVID happening. You know, I was very happy to be out here and not, still in california when yeah. covid happened yeah, right. but that's uh one of the reasons why austin uh, has become the mecca jiu-jitsu in mm-hmm. the world like when covid happened it pushed a lot of guys out of what i would consider like what was previously the two meccas of jiu-jitsu as i mentioned socal but also like new york was yeah. another one so a lot of those guys they just they just all ended up here you know so yeah, it was just good places, timing for me
0: there was like a lot of the lockdowns and stuff you you said, I'm obsessed with this game. You try and take my jujitsu from me. We're going to like roll in the basements. This is Fight Club. Nobody's talking about it. Or we could go somewhere that's still open. And Austin just so happened to be that. And you said luck a few times. And you've probably heard it's that when opportunity meets preparation. Sounds like the perfect timing, man. I'm curious, what what did it feel like to finally get your black belt? What were the emotions? What, um, what, what When you think back on that, what was that man, like?
1: Man, well, it just very, you know, very proud and and very happy to be part of uh you know such a strong community um you know i'm actually like richie Martinez, his first homegrown black belt you know i went from white to black with him there's actually there's only two of us he's got probably a dozen black belts but only two are homegrown myself and a uh, keith Gricorian, who you know the listeners are not familiar with keith Gricorian, he's one of the best grapplers at um you know his his weight he's competed in the last couple 80 cc's um so it was cool coming up with him and you know several other guys obviously you know the 10 planet san diego and 10 planet oceanside team have cultivated a lot of very high level grapplers um so yeah man just just very proud to be part of that part of that kind of a, a original yeah cr- crop of guys um so it's earned right it's one of those things it's
0: definitely earned there's a lot of blood sweat use, there's some injuries along the way and i kind of want to want to talk about your health journey too because you've had quite quite the health journey and you you know the reason this synergy is happening too is part of your healing has been jujitsu, part of your healing has been introducing something like an animal-based diet the other things you do outside of jujitsu, jitsu with hunting and caring about land and preservation and things like that are all a part of your story so what's what's that develop? you said you know <laughs> rushing to black belt five and a half years you're going to put some miles on the body what what do you do to heal? What have you been doing? How is this diet piece factored into your whole training and outlook? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I wish I did more when I was like in my twenties. You know, I'm 32 now, so I'm yeah. not that old, but uh, fuck, man, I feel old. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I wish in my twenties I had somebody who was a little wiser and had been in the game and was there to tell me to focus a little bit more on the the body maintenance, mm-hmm. the recovery, you know. Um. But I really, dude, I did not do any of that. I. You know, I've never even like, I never stepped foot in an ice bath until I was like out here. I I wouldn't even do the bare minimum with like sauna, Mm -hmm. you know, like no body work, massage therapy, like no PT work. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I try to preach that to the guys now, especially those, um, that are starting a little bit later. Like, man, you, you have to prioritize your health, man. Jiu-jitsu. It's funny. It has this slogan that it's the gentle art. It's not that gentle, you know? Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, man, if, if you want to be in it for the long run, which, you know, most people Mm -hmm. that get into it do, uh, man, you, you have to spend the time on proper body maintenance and Mm -hmm. recovery. You have to do the things that you don't want to do that are boring, the little PT exercises and taking the time off maybe and getting a little bit of the extra work in. But, um. I did not really do any of that. So now again, like I'm kind of suffering for it. You know, I've actually been fairly lucky to not have too many major injuries. Right. But the, the biggest like chronic injury that I, uh, you know, deal with from jujitsu is, uh, just like a couple bulging discs in my neck. Mm -hmm. So that's just, you know, a constant game of managing, (laughs) you know, but, um, you know, I've been on an animal based diet now for probably a year and a half. Um, I actually started it just with the intention of doing like 30 days, you know, yeah. it's one of the 30 day challenges, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, and I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm just going to give it a try. You know, I've for the last several years, at least, uh, maintained a, a fairly healthy diet, you know, cutting out a lot of the processed food, trying to minimize the sugars and like the things like that. But, you know, it was always kind of hard for me to, to stick to a particular diet that I really felt good with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I just purely wanted to do it just, just out of curiosity. I was like, man, just kind of want to see how I feel. Uh, and like, funnily enough, just coincidentally, um, Curtis actually went on to that diet kind of at the same time. And then one of our other black belts, one of our resident black belts out here, Ben Eddie, um, also went on it kind of around the same time. So we all had a little bit of camaraderie in there. So it was easier to stick to, you know, we were holding each other accountable. We have a little, little group called Meat picks. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but you know, we're sharing all the, all the food that we're making. Um, so yeah, after like 30 days, uh, man, the biggest things that I noticed, uh, was just a lack of inflammation, Yeah, which, you know, as you know, training jujitsu, uh, dude, I wake up every morning feeling like I'm 85 years old, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, since being on a, an animal based diet, um, much less of that you and feel like 65 uh, now yeah maybe about 60 now yeah yeah so yeah so it's all good going. yeah for sure um so that and like you know just more like clarity in my head too mm-hmm. you know people people don't realize uh, i think that you know a lot of uh, inflammation also like happens in your head and in your brain like all that brain fog you feel is like that's inflammation mm-hmm. you know so just being a little more clear um as well as uh you know a huge huge benefit Um, but since being on, on the diet, those have been the the biggest things that I've noticed. Um, and it's also, it's just been so easy to stick to. Like I mentioned, I was just going to do it for, for 30 days and I felt good. And I was like, fuck, well, let's let's just do another month. Let's just see what happens. You know, did another month, no problem. And, uh, after that I was like, well, fuck, let's just, let's just ride it out. See what, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like,
0: what are you going to go back to? For sure. You know, once you've started to feel the effects and you use your body for a living. So you know exactly how it feels. You start to see quite clearly after 30 days. Okay. Like there's still stuff I'm working through, but the inflammation is lower. My thinking is better. Maybe I'm even communicating my ideas as a coach better. Like what are you, what are you going to go back to? You know, the pizzas and the fries to just feel like crap. And I think feeling is believing, right? So one of the questions I wanted to ask you about, because you've mentioned your injuries. And I think there's, there's a lot of power in not letting good advice fall on deaf ears like you said i wouldn't make these mistakes and i'd prioritize these things a little earlier i wish i had the guidance so you young guys out there you're 22 you're made of magic and rubber heed this advice you know get ahead of this stuff (laughs) early but i think jujitsu comes with this connotation that it is inherently dangerous and I don't think that necessarily is all the way true. So what would you say to someone's like, it looks
1: really fun, but man, it looks dangerous. I've got a job to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, you know, uh, it is a it is a rough sport. It really, it is a rough activity. But, you know, really, it, it just comes down to finding the right training partners, you know. Because jujitsu is so widespread, you know, the network of people that want to train jujitsu is very very diverse which i don't think you get in like a lot of other activities or sports you know it's kind of like it's little niche groups of people that are all kind of the same that like to do that activity jiu-jitsu is not like that mm. you know there's such a wide variety of people who who go in to train and uh you know in that a, a lot of those guys they, they just have they have different goals and you know they're they're in it for different reasons so it's very important as early as you can to find good training partners yeah. for you and what your goals are. You know, like uh if I have a 21 year old dude who's a previous, you know, uh maybe collegiate wrestler, he's coming in with the intention to become a world champion. That guy probably doesn't need to be training with the 45 year old dude who works a desk job who's coming in to find a community and have a nice outlet for physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you you need to kind of recognize those and also, uh, you should never feel bad or weird about telling someone, Hey, I I don't, I don't want to roll with you. Yeah. You know, you, you have to have some boundaries for your own training. And, uh, again, that, that just, that comes with finding your, your, your good training partners, you know, like I would recommend for like new guys coming in. If you don't have those training partners yet, instead of doing a trial and error, to find out by rolling with people dude just do the class get the technique in and then sit on the sidelines and just watch people roll right and you're like ooh, that guy i'm not going to roll staying with. staying away from that, that monster. <laughs> yeah that guy i think i can probably roll with yes. you know so building a rapport with your training partners is is very important and again like not being afraid to set and keep your boundaries yeah um because again like if, if if you're going in as you know again like a a 45 year old dude who you know works a desk job has a family you know they're not trying to get that crazy dude you don't need to be getting those those fucking crazy rounds where there's like high impact your button heads with guys but um you know that 21 year old dude that i was talking about like you know if if he has intentions to become a world champion well that that probably is training he needs but again there's plenty of guys for that for him and there's plenty of guys that are gonna train at a slower pace and a more have a more technical, yeah. fun, engaging round. So, yeah, you just you you got to find the right training partners and and set and maintain your your boundaries. I like it.
0: I, I'm reflecting now on the few times that I have been injured in jujitsu, and it was saying yes when I probably should have said no for sure it was maybe rolling with the guy that is like 275 who right. realistically you know that's never going to be a guy yeah. I compete with or whatever no. but you know well let's do it and then oh there
1: goes yeah. my rib
0: or my intercostal muscle or yeah, my knee
1: <laughs> for sure yeah There, there's more margin for error with guys that are that big you know like even if they're even if they're not trying to like they're not rolling like a spaz like just when you if you zip when you should have zagged and mm-hmm. you take the weight in a, in a way that you weren't really anticipating there's it's less forgiving when it's a 270 pound dude body. rather than a 175 pound dude yeah you know? no doubt so um yeah um you know i i came up never saying no to a roll, mm-hmm. uh and also being like one of the smaller guys in the gym mm-hmm. coming up too uh it's fucking it's tough man like people also don't understand too that even if i'm in there if i'm rolling with a dude who's 270 and i beat him up it is still very taxing on my body to yeah. do that, you know, like against a 270 pound man yeah. who does not want to get strangled by me. So even if I put it on him and I do strangle him, it's it's still a lot of wear on my body. So yeah. you don't even have to be like losing the role necessarily to take that damage from rolling with guys that are that big.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I'm curious, like this is an interesting topic for me because we like to do these like uh mental Godzilla versus King Kong matches and in my head you know jiu-jitsu kind of came into popularity because it was the art of the smaller man being able to manipulate the bigger man and submit him and it really blew up when hoist Gracie came into the UFC as a small guy probably like 185 and he was tapping out these 225 you know monsters and people were like wow so inspiring This gets interesting because on one hand, you want to say size doesn't matter at all. And on the other hand, like with the extremes, it starts to matter a little bit. And then when there's a bit of competency involved, size and strength does matter. One of the things I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is like very much about jujitsu for everyone. I think like it's a wonderfully empowering and confidence-giving thing for a woman to learn. And, you know, where do you think the boundaries are? At what level does somebody become so competent that they can start to outpower a significant, not outpower, but out technique and survive and defend themselves against a significantly larger human? Like we think about jujitsu from the lens of self-defense for women. They're usually going to be framing that as like, all right, I'm outweighed by a man that outweighs me 40 or 50 pounds is physically going to be stronger. But there's a certain mastery. There's a certain level, because I've rolled with some of these ladies and they'll kick my ass. Like there's a certain level where that becomes, um really confidence given i know it's a tricky question and there's there's nuances but where would you say that like level of confidence and competence comes in
1: um i well first of all i i do think that a little bit of training goes a long way you know like literally three months of training will will serve you pretty well versus someone with zero training like no training so a little bit does go a long way however especially when there's uh, just a massive weight discrepancy and maybe the dude's like just kind of athletic man it's uh it's it 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 can be tough so i actually you know i i try to be careful about the level of confidence i i try to push onto like especially females if if they're in there and they have you know the idea that with six months of training that they're they're in no danger from a dude mm. and they want to try to engage with them if something ever happened that that is not uh that is not ideal like the the first response should always be to try to separate and run yeah and, and get a get away from the problem 100 percent. but um to to kind of delve in a little bit more into like uh the mastery i think uh i would say probably like most purple belts mm-hmm. like as a female that that's probably the level now where they have a, a full enough understanding of jiu-jitsu and the game where they could actually pretty effectively strangle a dude who's 50 pounds heavier than them yeah you know yeah. i think like a you know you you can get like a blue belt in jiu-jitsu by accident mm-hmm. you know just by showing up you're just going through the motions you're not even necessarily intentionally showing up to train and try to get better but if you just show up to enough classes, you will eventually build a knowledge base and a skill set that's at a blue belt level. So again, you can get it by accident. But I think uh, a purple belt, uh, very hard to get on accident. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might happen, but we're talking, uh, this is a 10 year blue belt. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Um, so a, as a purple belt, you you need to take more, or getting to your purple belt, I should say. You, you really need to take more ownership over your training. You need to be more intentional about your training and and you can't just show up and like go through the motions because you're you know your 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 game will what will happen your your game will will kind of plateau and it'll stay steady but it, it will be very hard to make uh jumps in your your growth if you're just going through the motions yeah um so i would say like if if you've uh, attained a purple belt usually that means you have developed some some mastery and, and some facet cool yeah, that's where I'm at. I'll take that some mastery, yeah. a little bit,
0: <laughs> just enough, just enough to keep me out of trouble. But For if sure. I end up in trouble, just enough to help me survive. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I liked your point. Um, it's something I talk about a lot. Like with men's work, one of these like uh, codes of conduct, if you will, is be dangerous but not a danger. Mm-hmm. And that's the principle of I've been around some of the biggest killers in the world. That yeah. they could, if they wanted to, inflict great harm. And the people that have mastered the art of violence are the safest people to be around 100%. because they know there's nothing to be gained mm-hmm. from the the street fight at 12 o'clock at night. There's 100%. nothing to be gained by escalating a situation. They're always the ones trying to de-escalate and they create yes. a sense of calm and safety. I know you'll have experienced this firsthand, but knowing how to be physically violent and competent doesn't make you want to do it, but it gives you an enormous sense of confidence that I can go pretty yeah. much anywhere in the world and I just feel okay because I've, I've worked hard and I mm-hmm. have a certain level of mastery over my mind and my skills. And I think it's a really empowering thing for people. Yeah, absolutely. To feel. Yeah. I do have to ask you this. I have to ask sure. you. This. How good is Joe Rogan at Jiu Jitsu?
1: Um Joe's a legit black belt. Um, you know, it, it's funny sometimes when you see like celebrities get belted in Jiu you 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 you're left to wonder, you're like, man, is that is that a celebrity belt? Yeah, What's, right. What is their skill level really? Um, you know, Joe's a, a black belt under Eddie Bravo uh, and John Jacques Machado, mm. you know. Uh neither one of those guys are are gonna give you a black belt unless it's legitimate. Um so yeah no he is uh he's a legitimate black belt yeah he is that is not a celebrity belt that was handed to him you know he actually he spent like eight years as a brown belt too Mm. that's like that's what i mean like eddie did not give him a black belt until he was like oh shit okay this is it's fucking it's real now yeah you know and then shortly after you know jock gave him his his black belt as well so yeah you know you, you really just have to look at the lineage you know and uh the lineage does not get more legit than fucking John Jock Machado. Yes. And, and obviously like Eddie's directly under John Jock. So, yeah, you know, John Jock is, he's, is, he is one of the greatest of all time. You know, uh, I've heard stories of John Jock, um, even now, like I think John Jock is maybe in his late fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know some guys that have trained recently with John Jock, like just within the last few years. um, very good guy very high level black belts and they're like dude i can't do anything he fucking smashes me (laughs) like i cannot do anything
0: and for those who don't know he's effectively only got one hand too yeah
1: yeah yeah and that's actually that's how uh you know eddie really uh, what what helped eddie develop the no gi system of like 10th planet because john jock um you know coming up in the gi obviously grips are very relevant you know grabbing onto the lapel the sleeves you know etc um, but he was uh, again only able to do that with one hand yeah so he developed an overhook and underhook game for his clinch and then that directly translated to eddie when he was trying to really create this nogi style you know and when when eddie um when he was creating 10 planet it was with mma in mind mm-hmm. you know he it hurt eddie to see Jiu-Jitsu guys go into MMA and get beat up. Mm-hmm. It hurt him, you know, being a Jiu-Jitsu guy to see that, because they would go through all this trouble to like try to get to a guard, and there's no grips, and they did not know how to keep a clinch. You know, it just did not translate. The gi did not translate to MMA for that reason. So Eddie developed this whole system of of clinching without those grips and working to no gi to give people in MMA a better system of clinching and attacking. Um, so, you know, uh, again, him coming up with John Jock teaching so heavily with underhooks and overhooks gave Eddie a better pathway into developing that 10th planet jujitsu style.
0: Yeah. It's super cool. <clears throat> I chose the, the, like the evolution that's inbuilt into jujitsu too. Like the game is constantly evolving and to, to bring up a guy like Joe who, you know, probably was black belted now, maybe over 10 years ago in his, his time in the game. And he speaks about it on his podcast a lot. He's like, the game is different now. These guys. You even got shouted out on his show Mm -hmm. uh, where he was talking to Mikey Musumechi and he was Mm -hmm. referencing these, like, what do you say? Like nerd killers or like, you know, and he was just like, you never know who's out there now and they will tie you up in knots Mm -hmm. because the game has come so far. And I think that's why we love it, right? (laughs) I think there's always, you you can't complete jujitsu. There's nobody that wins ultimately jujitsu because there's always going to be somebody iterating Mm -hmm. and coming up with Mm -hmm. something new. So with that, in mind how do you stay on top of your game i'm curious about the practices obviously training is a huge part of it yeah. that's a given outside of the, the 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 room the the rounds on the mat like are there any specific food you prioritize a lot are there any specific supplements you prioritize a lot you mentioned certain recovery tools like mm-hmm. ice baths what has become like a core
1: you know practice of yours to really yeah. keep you on the mat training and evolving yeah. Um. <clears throat> well. Yeah. Obviously. You know. My my diet uh helps me perform and and like I said, stay kind of uh injury free. So I I can train more. You know. That's a big part of uh jujitsu is is being able to actually put the the time into your training. You know. So if you're fucked up and you're hurt, you know, it, it, your training's gonna suffer. Mm. You know. So um, <clears throat> you know, other than that, I, I have actually within the last couple of years really try to start prioritizing those recovery things that I mentioned. So um I do uh like physical therapy once once a week with um you know somebody who I've been working with for a couple of years now.
0: That's like massage and stuff like
1: that. Soft yeah tissue. some some body work. Uh, actually a lot of dry needling which okay. I was not familiar with prior, but uh holy shit man it uh I'm I'm a believer now. Cool. Um in addition to that I actually I did find a chiropractor that mm. I that I like that I've been seeing couple times a week just to kind of keep me keep me right they click in your neck yeah it's it's always weird and especially because of my neck issues i'm so sketched out about people fucking with my neck and trying to crack my neck and chiropractors kind of have a bad rap too because to be a you know a chiropractor you you don't really need a ton of like like certification or degrees you know you can go probably do I, i can probably find a place online a 6 month course and i could become a chiropractor and you can call yourself a doctor yeah <laughs> so uh, that that's fucking scary you know so i don't want to do a bunch of trial and error with these guys until i find someone who's legit yeah so i've stayed away from that for a long time but uh luckily i did find one recently who uh who has helped me out a lot so you know regular chiropractic work regular pt work and then regular sauna cold nice. plunge um proper diet uh man just really helps me be in a position to be able to actually get the most out of my training sessions
0: jiu-jitsu is pretty intense you know especially if you're training at that high level potential ideas of competing in particular mm-hmm. you know it's a uh, highly glycolytic highly explosive and also long you know your rounds yeah. you might be doing five or six fives mm-hmm. so or tens even Yep um, obviously protein for rebuilding. Mm -hmm. I'm curious your relationship to carbohydrates for fuel. And you've mentioned the animal-based framework for a while. Do you typically stick to things like your fruits and your honeys and your raw dairies? Like what's your primary fuel there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the bulk of my diet is, is meat, you know, and I'm, uh, lucky that, you know, since getting into hunting, uh, I've, I've had some, some friends kind of take me under their wing and, and you know have some good experiences hunting and i was able to put a lot of meat in the freezer this awesome. like last season or last year um so i eat a, a lot of wild game uh that's the bulk of my my diet of course uh but yeah i uh, uh do eat a lot of raw dairy um raw cheese a lot of raw milk um but the carbohydrates yeah typically just comes in the form of fruit sometimes mm-hmm. i'll get some sweet potato in there too mm-hmm. if uh, if i'm really feeling like I need a little extra yeah um, and yeah, honey too, you know, raw honey is, is, is great. Also, awesome. I'm, I'm trying to shift a little bit more off I, Man, when I, <laughs> I've gone through some, some periods over the last like year and a half or so since I've been on this diet where I'm just like heavily just gorging on fruit. So mm. I'm, I'm trying to balance it out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that's that's usually every now and then I I might have some rice too. But right. Again, that's like that's just really if I feel like I need it. But yeah, typically, um, yeah, it's just just fruit for the carbohydrates. Love it, love it. Pretty Days when in. I'm lifting, I'll, I'll yeah, do some yeah. sweet potato. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: I wanna I wanna circle back to this hunting conversation in a second, but before we do, I wanna kind of you know close the loop on uh the jujitsu thing here, and I wanna talk about a clip that I saw going around recently. Uh. From a very uh, controversial figure in the space known as andrew tate and uh, this mm-hmm. video was him basically saying that jiu is unrealistic it's mm-hmm. not a good form of self-defense it's going to get you in trouble if you think your jiu-jitsu is going to save you i have my opinions on that but
1: i'm curious what your opinions on that statement would be sure um i i haven't seen the video so i'm not quite sure of the full context but uh i will say that a lot of people do have a false sense of Security with their jujitsu. Like, if you are not doing jujitsu with strikes, it's a it, it will be a rude awakening if you're trying to play guard on someone and you get smashed with an elbow. Um. So I think it is relevant. It's good to do every now and then with your training partners. Roll with strikes. You don't mm-hmm. have to be trying to kill each other, but but you need to know where the danger is at. Uh. So I will say, like, you know, your your average blue belts walking around that think they're fucking invincible. Are probably not as invincible as they think they are um however uh jujitsu as far as like a one-on-one self-defense scenario i think is absolutely the most effective martial art that 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 you can do especially you know trying to keep um keep your uh opponent i guess uh kind of safe you know right Uh, like the last thing that i would want to do if i get into a scenario and i fucking head kick somebody and they hit their head on the the concrete um now nah, i've got a, a manslaughter charge yeah. that is not ideal you know much safer for the other person obviously but also for myself to fold them with a body lock mm-hmm. strangle them and then flee the scene you know so what i mean going home <laughs> but um yeah the the other times like i said that that uh it, it probably can get a little bit hairy i mentioned you know a one on one scenario is the ideal situation But that's the only other time that I would be a a little bit more hesitant to engage in grappling and jujitsu is if I'm in a a situation where I'm, I'm surrounded by people and I do not know who that guy is with, Mm. you know, I don't, I don't want to get on top of somebody or take their back, you know, start, start going to work. And then his buddy kicks me in the head, you know? Yeah. So a little bit safer, I can stay on the feet. I can drop this boy Yeah. and then, you know, still be in a position where I'm not going to get stomped out, you know?
0: That's why in an ideal so, world, don't yeah. get into trouble, friends, For sure, de-escalate, yeah. run exactly. away. I like I talked I, about I, her yeah, here. I fully agree with your points. I think, um, you know, I don't know who quoted this, but Uncle Joe talks about it a lot. You punch a black belt in the face once, he becomes a brown belt, you punch him again. If they're not trained for that, yeah, I mean, good luck trying to butt scoot across 6th Street and, you know, say, come on, let's tangle. And the guy just knees you in the head. It's like, oh, okay, well, we don't do this in the gym. What's going on? So probably best just stay out of trouble. Uh, but Mr. Andrew Tate, he's a he's a moita guy, right? Yeah, so he's yeah, yeah. defending For sure, his, uh, I get it, I get, I get it. it. But I think those guys, you know, if we get a hold of them, we get on the back. It's gonna be a bad day for him. I have a different opinion. have a different opinion. It's gonna be a bad day for him. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's let's um, talk about some hunting here because sure. this this is kind of like a new thing. You were telling me before we hit record. Um, couple of years in. Learning a lot, lucky to have some friends that have guided you. I'm curious, firstly, if there's any parallels between jujitsu and hunting, but also just what you've learned from the process of hunting. Being able to really like reconnect to that kind of
1: full circle of life, putting meat in your freezer, taking the kill shot. What what's that experience like to learn? Uh, man, you know, hunting has always resonated with me, even since I was like a young kid. But uh, as I mentioned, you know, I grew up in San Diego. Uh, not a lot of hunting out there. I literally, I did not know anybody growing up there who who wanted so even though it it resonated a lot with me again even since i was like a young kid um it was just something i never really had an opportunity to get into so it was really cool coming out here and, and being able to explore that a little bit more um just connecting more to that 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 primal part of of our existence you know um there's so much disconnect now with with the the food you're consuming and um man i just i just don't think it's A very like honest and genuine way to live and to eat and exist so that of course has been like very enriching again tapping into that like primal aspect of of our existence is like very very enriching very cool yeah um and uh you know it it is a a little bit daunting to uh or what i mean still is but was especially like right at the beginning trying to get into hunting because they're you know, there there really is a lot going on and and you do have a, a responsibility yeah. to, as you mentioned, like get, you know, real proper kill shot and, you know, do right by the animal. Um, so there's a pressure that comes with that. And uh I will say that um jujitsu has given me an ability to to really manage my um kind of adrenaline mm. and my that, that calm, like state of no mind type, type thing. So that, that has been a big help in just kind of centering myself and trying to be present in the moment and, and make sure that I, I don't let my, my mind race and my body, you know, to, to, to get, you know, ahead of myself. So that's been, that's been nice. Um, you know, last, this last year, I, I really did like, you know, well, actually it it was all rifle hunting, but this is the first year that I'm I'm gonna try to to uh do a little bit of bow hunting. Yeah, there you uh, go. And that's a whole another that's a whole another game. Yeah. Um. You know. So, uh, spending the time uh shooting and um, again, just trying to tap into that 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 that's, that flow state where you're able to just you know it kind of ignore the 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 world around you and and tap into that you know uh, again like the the state of no mind is i think like the the best way that i can put it yeah um but it's uh yeah it's it's been it's it's definitely been an experience um there's a
0: there's a book i've i've read it but i'm might be butchering the name but i believe it's called zen and the art of archery and mm -hmm. it's all about that it's you know it's this this moment and I would love to learn to hunt and it's one of my goals and I need to find somebody that will teach me because I don't want to just read a magazine or watch sure. a YouTube video and think I'm Cam Haynes, right? right so right. I want I want that guidance, uh, but I've been learning to handle my weapons and I've, you know, shooting a bow and things like that. And there's something just incredibly grounding and mindful inducing about that moment, right? Like the, it's it's the tunnel vision in one sense, nothing else matters. It's mm. that flow. It's that no mind. And I think in a sense where we we love those experiences, we chase those experiences, whether that's 10 rounds deep in jujitsu where you're basically just like the mind's gone, you're just flowing now, you're in Mm -hmm. there because it's peaceful in the chaos, right? Like the chaos of the hunt, you've been in there maybe two days, you're up and down hills, like, like, are we going to get anything? And all of a sudden there's like, just time dissolves and must be pretty like crazy and powerful to be able to take that shot and then go up to that animal and see like, wow, I I did it, you know, and then, and then pack it out and then Mm -hmm. get it out and then, and then all the way through consuming that must be quite, quite, um, yeah, just quite powerful, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely makes you uh you know, uh, much more appreciative of, uh, you know, of the, of the food that you're consuming, you know, all the work that went into it again, like the pressure that you put on yourself to, to make sure that it's done the right way. Um so yeah absolutely powerful and yeah like you mentioned too one thing i want to like circle back to is that you know that uh kind of flow state that you enter into yeah archery is um uh similar to jiu-jitsu in in that sense where it, it really it does force you to um kind of get rid of everything in in your mind you know i'm a very like busy-minded person mm-hmm. like just going through day to day, like my mind is always racing about like all sorts of stuff. And it's, you know, it, it, it's exhausting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but jujitsu, one of my favorite things about jujitsu is like, when I am training, when I am on the mats, that's not happening. My exactly. mind is, my mind is not busy. You know, I'm like very centered, very present, you know, living in the moment is like, it's difficult for me. It's, it's, it's hard for me to be present. Um, and archery and hunting is something that forces you to be present. Because if you're thinking about all this other shit, then you, you know, you're not going to get the result you wanted. Exactly. And I'm not even talking about necessarily when you take the shot, but just when you're out there trying to stalk or, you know, trying to like be quiet if you're, you know, in in a stand, whatever, like you, you, you need to be there in order to perform. So if you're, you know, super distracted with other stuff, you know, that that's not happening. Yeah.
0: That's a, it's a great lesson for life too. Right. I'm sure sure. that if it came down, whether it's competition day and your mind's not in it because you're fighting with your girl or something, mm-hmm. then you go out and you get heel hooked in 10 seconds. You're like, yep. well, that sucked. It's Absolutely. like, well, yeah, you can't be here. Same thing with the shop, but same thing would just, like you said, I think a lot of us will resonate when you said I, the exhaustion of this busy mind. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of us have that. Yeah. It's, it's a, blessing in one hand to have a brain it's a curse on the other hand because it never shuts up and we seek these moments of peace and we've got to find the thing that gives us that and it sounds like you've got that in a couple of areas with this hunting and with this jujitsu and now being able to pay that forward as a coach we're going to get into a couple of callers here in a second but i'm curious you know what you enjoy the most about the coaching aspect Mm -hmm. of jujitsu because i'm guessing for a long time in your career it's always just been about you're trying to get better you're being Mm -hmm. coached and now the head coach of a pretty great gym with a great reputation a lot of students Mm -hmm. what do you enjoy the most
1: about being a coach um i've i've actually always loved teaching yeah right um like even when i was um kind of earlier on in my training and and i you know i was focusing on competition for myself and stuff like that I, i actually always enjoyed teaching and coaching probably more so um it was kind of natural for me to, to come out here and, 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 you know, assume that role when I did, but, um, man, I, uh, obviously, you know, it's very, uh, fulfilling and like satisfying to see your students doing well, but, um, and like, you know, learning technique, but man, it's, it's different. And it's so cool when you see them like competition too, like, you know, I've got some students, you know, obviously like, you know, I try to put as much of my, my jujitsu game as I can on all my students. Um, the way that jujitsu is, though, uh, obviously you're you're gonna take just certain parts of of all your instructors' games, and you know, thankfully, we have a strong coaching staff mm-hmm. with you know se- several instructors. So you you see parts of you know like Curtis's game and Benetti's game, but um, when I see guys where they have like a direct pathway of like s- something very specific that I added to their game. And they crush somebody with it. It's like yes, Let's go. that's that's what I'm talking about. I love that. Um, it is really cool to is. see it.
0: It's like it's probably a similar feeling. We'll have people call into the show and they'll say, you know, I've been listening and I've I've you know fixed my health because of you guys and I've lost ten pounds and my eczema's cleared up. And it's like yeah, 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 do go it. do it. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. Last question from me before we jump into the sure. call is, what would you say in your opinion is the number one thing the most important thing if somebody listening to this is a is a jujitsu right now or they want to be a black belt what's the most important Mm -hmm. thing do you think to get the
1: black belt um man it's it's so cliche to say but like just trusting the process and um actually i just had this conversation with um one of my new students uh the other day you know he's only a few months into his training and the the conversation that i was having with him was uh, you know he he came off to me kind of as like you know kind of a perfectionist mindset that's kind of the the notion that i got from him you know and i could i could tell that he was a little bit frustrated with uh his what he would perceive as like a lack of of growth and you know i just really was trying to encourage him like dude don't do not uh overwhelm yourself don't let yourself get overwhelmed by what's going on you know there, there will be these moments, you know, I call them little like aha moments mm-hmm. where like something will happen in your training, whether it's, you know, drilling technique during an instructional part of the class or during roles where something happens live where you're like, aha, I see what's happening here with this. And then, you know, there'll be some time where you feel like you're on a plateau and then there'll be more of those moments happening more often. And slowly the game will, will start to get put together. And, um, you know, jujitsu is, it's a very fucking difficult thing to learn you mm-hmm. know especially if you don't really have a background that would help facilitate success in jujitsu. um you know it, it's the the beginner stage of it where you feel like you don't know anything lasts a very long time <laughs> yeah, right and a lot of people they get overwhelmed with that yeah. and, and they let that kind of uh take their their joy of it away so you know i, I think in addition to trying not to let yourself get overwhelmed is just kind of accept What's what's happening, and and accept the the stages you're going through, and the things you're learning, or the things you feel like you're not learning. Just just accept it. Yeah. Be okay with it, and continue to move forward. You yeah. know, you just you have to like. There's no secret. You know, just showing up and putting the time in on the mats. But show up, but, right? But trying to have that that mindset where, you know, you're you're not expecting too much of yourself. Mm-hmm you know and, and just just enjoying the stage that you're in accepting it for what it is taking it for what it is and continue to push forward because again like the game is so complex that really like it, it fits together in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people like there's no one kind of linear easy path to to try to go from beginner to expert you know uh the game the, it's it's too deep the web is too deep with jujitsu. so you just You just have to let it happen the way it's going to happen for you and, and, you know, try your best to, to enjoy that, that process. And that
0: answer right there is exactly why I love jujitsu, because that is a perfect parallel to life. As I'm sitting back there, I'm like, life is, is like a game. You can gamify it. You're, it's going to take you longer Mm -hmm. to get to where you thought you was going to go. You're going to have to fall in love with the process. For a lot of life you're going to be the nail and then eventually you're going to have some mastery then you can mm-hmm. turn into the hammer it's going to kick your butt sometimes you're going to get sidetracked sometimes you're going to get injured sometimes and what mm-hmm. do we do we just keep showing up we That's have it. to fall in love with the process and one day we're going to get there wherever there is and yep. the goal will move and absolutely. the journey will continue and yep. on and on and on it goes so that was yep. that was really cool man yep. thank you absolutely. very much. absolutely and it looks like we got a couple of questions in here so let's see if we have a caller on the line. And then we got our we got our resident 10th planet, Austin uh, Cade, who's going to read a question too. So where are we kicking this off, team? All right, we got a caller. Let, uh, let's, let's get Tiffany on the line here. Hello, Tiffany. Are you there? What can we help you with?
1: Hi, thank you for having me. So I'm calling because I'd love to hear your opinion on young kids getting involved in jujitsu. I have a six-year-old daughter, and I've been thinking about signing her up for classes. I'm honestly pretty nervous, even though I've heard so many amazing things about
2: introducing this type of self-defense to kids when they're still pretty young. So any advice you have for her or for me would be really appreciated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think jujitsu is one of the best things that you can put your kids into. Uh, If nothing else, just for the confidence boost that it gives them. Not even just a confidence boost of um, uh, you know, being able to defend themselves and feel comfortable out there, but also just doing something challenging and and making it through to the other side. Um, but uh especially, you know, early on, I think jujitsu is such a, a positive character building activity that um, you know, is as long as they they stick with it, there is no like I haven't seen any ways any other result than them improving how they are with other kids, how they interact with, you know, adults. Um, so I would, I would recommend looking at, you know, a few different schools, you know, obviously not, not all gyms are, are created equal, but find a, a place where, where she feels comfortable and you feel comfortable with the instructor and the program, the rest of the kids in there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a super, super powerful and, and empowering thing for, uh, for children, especially to get into.
0: Oh, she dropped off. Huh? She got the wisdom. Oh, no. I love it. Yeah. Also, I was I was gonna add to that that um, yeah, I did a lot of my growing up through jujitsu, and I only wish I had it earlier. Yeah, you know, and 100%. I think what you said, like this, this like um, you know, giving kids some sense of uh, confidence, and mastery, and structure, and like like with the lineage we were talking about with John Jack through Eddie, like there's something like classic and old about that, and reverent about that that I think is is missing in a lot of our culture now. So I think yeah, it's absolutely. I think that's dope. Okay. Do you have some audience questions that you can read out too?
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, these came in through our Instagram. Uh, so the first one is from Copper. Um, she asks, what's your go-to snack during long training days? Um, mm. If you have any go-to snack.
1: Um, I typically don't eat when I train.
2: <laughs> fasted? Um,
1: yeah, uh, not even necessarily fasted, but at least like in the middle of the session, I don't really train. Like for me, the biggest thing is just just electrolytes and stuff. So mm-hmm. like I have, she got my my water bottle with me right now but um what yeah you just, got in there like uh, e- element or something like that or? Uh, actually it's relight relight which yeah. is Redman. Uh, the, yeah, yeah the cool. redmond electrolytes so uh yeah just i just try to stay hydrated keep the electrolytes in you i think that's the most important thing when you're training is just because you're sweating so much you're working so hard you just have to stay replenished with uh with the hydration uh if i was gonna have something in between a training session to eat it would probably be um Kind of like a a light fruit or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a a piece of a banana or some berries Mm -hmm. or something like that. I go like uh,
0: raw milk too because it's oh, liquid, a good option. liquid calories. I think
1: yeah. uh, it's a surprising yeah. fact for people too when
0: you stack up milk against um other drinks. It's actually a really good electrolyte drink. So oh, interesting. I train super early and I don't want a lot in my stomach. Mm. And if I was doing jujitsu super early, I definitely don't want a lot in my stomach. So uh, like a glass of raw milk with a little maple syrup. Ooh, nice. Yeah, we, we
1: have a couple guys actually at the gym who also do that. Very yeah. heavy proponents. They got like full
2: gallons of milk yeah, in the right. fridge. They'll yeah. run off the mats and just fucking yeah, pound. It's <laughs> the best. Sweet, we got two more. Uh, the next one is from an athletic view. Which animal organ or organ supplement helps you perform and recover the best? Oh, cool.
1: Um, to be honest, I I have a pretty wide variety of of organ supplements that I take, and and they're kind of all in a a hodgepodge. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't do a ton solo usually. Like the the organ supplements I'm taking is a primarily like liver and heart. But, um, you know, I, I don't usually do one specifically. I have, like I said, the little, the little concoction. Yeah. I'm with you on
0: that. I think the only thing I'd potentially add in for, especially like jujitsu athlete guys because Mm -hmm. of the wear and tear on joints, maybe is something that's collagen rich. Mm -hmm. So like skin, her nails, something that's got that trachea collagen in it, bone marrow, that kind of stuff, drinking bone broth because liver and heart, you know,
2: can't go wrong with those. Yeah. It's hard 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 to to too. Yeah. Yeah sweet and uh, this is actually a personal question um what advice would you give to someone who wants to start rolling jujitsu but is worried about getting injured
1: um yeah just again going back to to just finding the right training partners you know you, you need to be able to have a rapport with the guys that you're training with to to do it safely you know again especially if you're someone who's like you know your aspirations are not to be a world champion you're just in there for the community aspect and to to do something physical and and fun and engaging that is also a workout you just got to find the right guys to train with and again like setting boundaries that you you know are able to maintain um you know that's that's really the most important thing
2: beautiful and do you think it is possible to um maintain jujitsu for a while without potentially getting injured if you kind of do it strategically yes absolutely
1: um you know most most people i think that uh run into these issues where you know they are getting injured and you know getting uh just feeling banged up all the time it's because of one of those two things that i said they're either not finding the right guys to train with or they're not saying no and they need to say no Mm -hmm. so um absolutely if 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 you approach the game in the right way and again you're, you're also spending the time focusing on your body maintenance your recovery extracurricularly to your training uh man you there's no reason why you should not be able to continue to do jiu-jitsu and actually like roll live um you know until you're like you're, you're old you know your 70s 80s yeah you know i don't know how much damage my body has sustained now like i don't know where it will stop me but at least i'm being smarter now so i'm hoping that when i'm 70 and 80 i will still be rolling you know i might just have to roll with with other 80 year olds or maybe some like. Some fifteen-year-old kids that are, you know, have not hit puberty yet, maybe that 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 won't won't beat me up.
0: You'd be like but, the wise Mister Miyagi on this, yes, still flowing like water. But I think yeah, a combination of of that, finding the right gym. Most gyms, as well, I think I'm right in saying they'll they'll offer a free trial class, maybe even a free trial week. T- mm-hmm. Bop around a little bit, get a feel for a gym. You might want more of that relaxed style, and then you might walk into yeah. a room where you're like, "Yeah, I want to be with the killers because I see this stuff. I want to compete in ADCC yeah, one day." So you got to find the styles that mix. And adding one more thing to those extracurriculars, keeping inflammation through your diet as low as possible has to help. It has mm-hmm. to help with your recovery. You're going in fully resourced. Other things like getting your sleep as well as all the great stuff that mm-hmm. Gabe mentioned. So great questions. Great job, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah, for that. absolutely. Tell the people the where they can you know, keep up with you, where, you, where um, you're active. And, yeah, uh, yeah, We've got a little surprise as well about a, oh, a
1: little documentary okay. we might be working yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm excited for that. That should be fun uh give a little little insight into my world um but yeah uh you can find me on uh, on instagram my, my handle is just just my name separated by an underscore so just gabe underscore tuttle um and then our um jim's instagram is at 10p atx we also have a 10p austin handle um so yeah you can keep up with all the stuff we're doing uh in the gym um uh, you know in addition to my myself obviously um And, uh, yeah, if you guys are, are ever in Austin, please come by, man. We have, uh, a great facility. Um, and we offer more than just jujitsu too. We have a full MMA program in there, Ah, a lot of striking classes. Um, so a lot of, a lot of options, you know, and a lot of different training partners too. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast here, there's, um, you know, such a wide variety, diverse crowd of people that train. So we're lucky to have a big member base with a lot, you know, of, of, uh, you know different walks of life in there and a, and a really strong community so
0: that words come up a lot community it's probably one of the best things about jujitsu for sure i absolutely yes. adore it. it's full of good people do you also have a kids program at 10th we do. At Austin? we do Austin.
1: yeah and in fact we're actually in the process of kind of expanding our kids offerings as well so um in addition to uh, running, uh, kids classes and a full kids program, uh, which we have several coaches for, we're also going to be doing, uh, I don't want to call it a daycare, but we're, we're going to have, um, you know, a, an opportunity for people to, uh, drop their kids off with us and they'll, awesome. they'll get in obviously some, some good training, but, um, you know, also help with homework and, you know, just, just be able That's to have cool. a nice place for, for kids to interact with other kids in, in, in a nice environment where, um, you know, the parents can sneak away a little bit, whether they're going onto the mats to train or right. if they got to go take care of other stuff, you know, whatever. So cool. yeah, within the next like few months, especially we're really going to be trying to put some, some energy into, uh, into expanding our kids program and offerings. So, very cool. Yeah. Well,
0: that the world needs more of that, man. Absolutely. That's awesome. And, um, very excitingly Cade, who also trains with Gabe is going to be following guy through the mountains on a hunt and doing one of our animal based stories uh, as a little mini documentary as well so keep your eyes peeled for that the filming will commence soon and be available probably the end of november so you can get an insight into this man's world and what he does outside of when he's spitting fire on the podcast mic. so follow you know where to go team thank you we'll see you again next week be well go find a jujitsu gym let's do it thank Hell you brother. Yeah. appreciate you guys peace out all right, friends, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Radical Health Radio. We got a fresh new podcast for you every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, consider liking, subscribing, reviewing, and rating us on your podcast platform. It helps to spread this message of radical health. We'll see you next week.